You're listening to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Ulmer, and on today's episode, Matt, Emma, and I sit down on Zoom with Pastor John Wayne McMahon. John Wayne is the pastor of First Methodist Church in Conroe, Texas, where we recently held our second Spirit and Truth Conference. During our conversation, John Wayne shares testimonies from his church, and we also talk about what it means to lead a church towards a presence-based culture. It's a great conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Welcome back to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Elmer, and we're on Zoom today, so I'm going to let everybody introduce themselves. I'm Matt Reynolds. Emma Winchester. And? John Wayne McMahon. Yes, John Wayne, thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today. I'm glad to be with y'all. Amen. We are chatting with John Wayne today because we just wrapped up our second Spirit and Truth conference of the season at your church, First Methodist in Conroe, Texas, and we had an awesome time. Yeah, it was so good. And so we're going to talk a little bit about how that went and share some testimonies, and then we'll just see what else happens. It was, um, I, I'll just start and say, it was one of my favorite uh, weekends that we've ever done at Spirit and Truth. It just, um, just had a sense of God's nearness throughout the time. And um, John Wayne, I'm just interested to hear from you, you know, what it, what the experience was like. You know, uh, we get to do these things fairly often, but um, having a weekend carved out like that, what was the experience like? What were some of the things that stuck out to you and how have you sensed that your people have responded? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I've been familiar and friends with with y'all and, and members of y'all's team for a while. And so I've been deeply impacted from our relationships, but also the ministry of Spirit and Truth. So going into this, I, I was eager to bring Spirit and Truth to our church. Um, one, because um, I kind of like to stir up some trouble. And I think that our, <laughs> our congregation uh, was going to be... Um, <laughs> very curious about what this weekend would be like. And I think some would, um, I think a lot would be made uncomfortable a little bit, stretched, I mean, challenged in different ways. Um, But at the same time, we've been getting a sense of the need to prioritize um, what it means to live in the spirit and to engage the presence of God and um, to be uncomfortable. And I think that this was a just another opportunity for, for that what God's been stirring up um, to organize itself on a, on a single weekend so that we could really engage focused in that. And so um, you had a range of people that were already kind of all into this, like the, the, the remnant to those that have been engaging or praying for God to move in powerful ways for a long time. And the other end of the spectrum, you had folks that just came because the lead pastor said, "Hey, you should check this out," and I'm gonna, I'm gonna come. And um, so, with that being kind of the background, what we've seen is, um, man, I think it was your wife that sent a message to us when she was praying about how God would move in deeply personal ways, mm-hmm. um, and that has been like the the spectrum of testimony is there's not like a there's not a lot of times a common thread. They're all like deeply unique and personal and people for a weekend that's kind of focused in a theme that's that's fairly simple, 
the way that God met people was very complex and individualized. And, um, that's just amazing. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Like I, I joked on Sunday morning in worship when y'all were with us that I couldn't stop laughing and crying just because it's ridiculous. The things that we've seen and it's funny, uh, the way that God moves like, um, and meets people in their place of need. And, uh, it's also deeply moving to be a part of ministry where, uh, where God desires to meet with God's people and is faithful to do it when we make room for him. And so I, 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 that's a general response. I think that's, I could share a few stories, but that's what I'm hearing from, from everybody. And it's, it's been pretty incredible so far. Well, um, that's awesome. And first I want to say, I, I feel like a sense of uh, joy that when you wanted to stir up some trouble, you invited us, you know, that makes me, <laughs> I well, we will wear that like a badge of honor, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and that is cool. I I did sense that even, even you know we we were debriefing just as our team. That same principle of God meeting us in personal ways happened even within our own team in a way in different ways that we were not expecting. You can say for myself in ways that I was not expecting, and um, yeah, it's just amazing how when you just you just sort of you set aside time to host the presence of God and just you know you turn your attention to him he really does if you'll let him he he won't let you get off the hook with just sort of a generic experience or like oh this is nice everyone's having a good time like he wants to really penetrate the deep places in our hearts and um and he did that with the, within our team and and I saw him doing that within others as well amen um so, John Wayne, if you do have stories to tell, we want to hear them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where to start? So, um, one, I'll share what we're already seeing immediate impact is within our staff. Um, our staff had been hearing more about this than the general congregation about spirit and truth. And so we really wanted to make room and space for them to engage and, um, so we were hearing testimony a little bit after the weekend, and then Tuesday is our day of staff meeting. And so I decided instead of doing like a, I usually have like a little devotional or have one of the pastors do a devotional, we decided we'd just testify and just give room to to give glory to God for what he did over the weekend. And about 10, 15 minutes of testimony actually turned into an hour and a half of prayer and repentance and confession and praying for healing, like physical healing, inner healing, like our staff that, I mean, that doesn't have I me. Mean, I've wanted our staff to go there, right? Like we've tried to lay out strategies for us to do that. And, <laughs> and um, want to acknowledge God's presence, but I mean, it's, it was just beautiful what happened. Um, people, there was one story of a staff member who wanted uh, Emma and Maggie to pray over her. And every time she tried to come to y'all, somebody like beat her to y'all. And then on Sunday morning, she tried to get prayer with you. And then I took, I think, Emma and Matt down to our Spanish service. And and like we basically ran away from her, had no idea. <laughs> And then she ran out of time because she um, had to go get her kids and stuff like that. And so she shared that out loud and um, our staff gathered around and lifted her up in prayer, laid hands on her. And it was just, it was just an incredibly moving time. It was hard for us. We had to do worship planning after that. And we like, couldn't get our, 
our minds together around what was going on. So God is God is already moving. I think I think in general God has increased a desire and curiosity and expectation for what God can do in our staff, which is um, I think a profound thing for me as a pastor in this setting because one of the one of the convictions I have in the local church is far too often we say that we believe that God still moves and intervenes and and but in practice we don't actually work that way we don't actually think that God can and does and so to have our staff like actually believe that God will answer prayers of healing and need um that God wants to empower us and um, equip us for what he's calling us to. That was just a, that was an amazing opportunity and a cool thing that I'll never forget. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of fun and we're still, the staff is still buzzing about it and can't wait to, uh, for us to be in worship again and to not spend all our time in boring meetings. <laughs> oh. Amen. Yeah. Amen. When the Lord just like shows up in power in, uh, just a weekday meeting, you know God is real. You know what I mean? Like we we have a we have a new staff member who's been on our staff for a week. She wasn't even at Spirit and Truth. I don't really know much about her. Um, you know, she went through the interview process. I heard she's incredible. She's serving with one of our pastors in a critical area. Well, at the end of that time on Tuesday, she just began to to kind of prophetically lay out that the reason why she came to work here is that the Holy Spirit was moving. And she desired to be a part of it. And she began to like prophesy over the staff. And afterwards, everyone was like, uh, everyone meet Darla if you haven't already. Like, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the team. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, That's it amazing. Great. It was great. Um, I'll share, I'll show one more. I got two more. I got one personal one and then one that just happened at lunch. So um, I went to lunch with somebody who who's been bugging me about evangelism. And uh, Matt, you you talked about uh, not having an evangelism committee and not having a class and uh, at Spirit and Truth Conference and just getting on with the work of of living in the Spirit and that was that had a huge impact on him. Um, but I saw his message of like um, he wants to do an evangelism class, you know, like and so I I went to lunch with him today and he told me he's actually one that testified on Sunday morning about um, just being uh, empowered and excited to to actually do the work and pursue the presence of God. Well, he told me that he started praying about how to do that. And Thursday after Spirit and Truth Conference, he just decided God put on his heart to go to Walmart. And he spent like three hours walking in the parking lot of Walmart looking for opportunities <laughs> to pray for people and to help them. And I was like, what? Like, what are you doing? And he's like, I just looked, you know, if there's someone that was struggling with a cart, uh, I just walked up and asked them if I could help them and then asked if I could pray for them. And if they said no, I just told them God loves them and and went on. And he said he got to help like dozens of people over like three hours. And then the lunch today was him asking, how can we get more people involved in doing this? And I'm like, I don't I don't know, but let's let's figure it out. So He's on he's on fire and super excited that again, not programmed. You know, I didn't ask this guy to go to Walmart parking lot. I had no idea he was doing it. And he's trying to bring some of his Sunday school members and other people to go with him. So it's pretty neat. <laughs> That's amazing, actually. You know that the, this is cool. It's so cool to hear that because actually 
you know, that's something that we do on uh, a lot of our church weekends that we do with churches. You know, we take people and just just go to random places, not random, but really wherever the spirit leads and just offer to pray for folks. And we didn't, you know, in this conference setting, we didn't do that specifically, but the spirit inspired him to do it anyways, which is just awesome. Uh, yeah. Love that so much. Yep. That was awesome. All right. So last one, and then I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet. Y'all can ask any other questions, but um, just a personal one. I shared this with my church on Sunday, um, this past Sunday. Um, I I had a personal encounter that was pretty profound on Friday night. Um, uh, Kevin Watson was the one that was speaking, and he was talking about just real practical. What I loved about Kevin is it wasn't polished. You know, he's an accomplished guy, but this was a very unpolished, honest conversation about hearing from the Lord. And I think that was really helpful for me because what I've struggled with for the last couple of years um, is, is not being able to hear from the Lord. I mean, the Lord, the Lord speaks to me and, you know, the means of, I'm a good Wesleyan, the means of grace and prayer and scripture and uh, sermon prep and daily devotional. And, you know, there's been times where I've been sure that the Lord was leading us to something, but but more often than not, I have people around me, and thank God for that, but I have people around me that that hear from God on my behalf or um, will share words with me. And for the last like year and a half, like silently, I've been really frustrated about that because I'm like, Lord, I mean, they're right here. Like, just say it to me. Like, why? We could cut out the middle person. It would, I mean, it would help if I knew that you were saying these things that I didn't have to like, wonder or wrestle with it and so i was just been hungry and I, and i and also in reflection i think the lord protected me from that for a while because there was some pruning that was going on in my own life and um i think that was pretty clear but anyways friday night when kevin was giving his talk i was frustrated in the way it happens there was like conviction that's building in me and like kevin's talking about hearing from God and blah, blah, blah. And then he gives the invitation is to ask God for what, you know, what God wants to give you. And I thought N I, I was frustrated. I don't want to do that because God's just not going to do it. Right. So why would I, why would I ask? And um, then I was like, well, you got to do something with this. You can't just sit here. So at least um, I mustered up the idea, let's go get prayer. But then I have all my church members that are on the prayer team. And I thought, how, how awesome is it for your pastor to come up and go, Hey, pray for me. Cause I don't hear from God. So I'm wrestling with this. <laughs> and, uh, so long story short, I see Matt and Kevin go up front and I thought I need to go pray with them again. Not very popular to tell a couple of friends and people you admire that you don't hear from the Lord at all, but I knew I had to go. And so just receive prayer. And it was, a, I knew the presence of the Lord was there. Nothing crazy like happen, right? Like there was no lightning bolt or Morgan Freeman's voice from heaven or anything <laughs> like that. Um, but as soon as I sat down, I think God gave me this gentle um, snapshot or, or small opportunity to see what, what it might be like to hear from the Lord. And immediately I knew my neighbor uh, was wrestling with needing to pray with someone and didn't want to go. And I I thought, well, I don't want to bring this. I'm not, 
they're they're in their own world. I don't need to pressure them with this. I'm not going to do it. And just like Kevin said, usually your your flesh will fight against something. And so I just I finally got up the courage to say I'm just going to ask. Hey, if this is not if this is not from God, just tell me to bug off. But I think I'm supposed to ask you if you want to receive prayer, and uh, I'd like to help you know usher that. And I think somebody, I think I know who's who should pray over you. And it was it was from God, and we got to debrief that later on. Um, but that was a small like small step. Then for the rest of the weekend, um in worship and even outside of worship, I had God leading me into conversations, giving me insight to things that were happening and inviting me to pray for people that was crazy specific and unique in ways that I had never, ever experienced before. And it was the same kind of wrestling. I don't want to say this out loud, you know, like I don't want to talk to that person. Um, but it was just, it was, um, an intimacy and a power in a way, um, that I had never known. And it was in obedience to saying yes to those opportunities where I got to experience what that felt like and what that was like. And it wasn't right all the time. And, um, you know, it was weird and awkward most of the time. And I definitely missed a couple opportunities even throughout the weekend, but, um, I'm just grateful for that. And I just want to say that as a pastor who's been pastoring for a long time and leading other folks, um, and being around people, um, it's not a popular thing to admit something you're frustrated with or struggling with. And um, I'm I'm glad I did when I did and asked for some people to 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 walk alongside me in the middle of that. And God is faithful and gracious and um was incredibly loving to me over the weekend. So that was and that was just one mm -hmm. small story for me. I don't want to make it about me, but I think that that was an important one for me to share with my people this weekend. <clears throat> Amen. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. I mean, that's powerful. And um, I remember, you know, when you came up for prayer that night and part of what I sensed from the Lord when you came up was that, um, cause it wasn't like you said, it wasn't like a fireworks kind of prayer, you know, nothing too crazy happened. But the thing that I sensed when we were praying for you is, you just coming with that humble admission, just naming that before the Lord out loud, before a couple of brothers, like it was already like God was already answering that prayer before we ever said a word. It was like, I just had confidence, like God, no, you you come with that kind of humble heart and just naming it before the Lord at the altar. It was like already done, mm -hmm. you know? And so it was cool to hear, you know, Later, you know, just talk, you talking about the way so quickly the Lord's starting to speak to you in different ways. Um, man, <laughs> so it's beautiful. Love it. Yep. I mean, we haven't heard anything from you yet. What's uh, I I'm interested to hear your perspective on the weekend. You're kind of. Yeah, I'm just I'm soaking in the testimony. I mean, even when we were um, with you, John Wayne, you know, like we heard so many testimonies from your people. And so it's just like, this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part of all that we do is that we get to like be firsthand or secondhand witnesses to what God is doing. And it's these type of um, personal encounters that just completely form us. And so I'm just, I'm just thinking about how, like, even if it's a small touch or some life-changing thing, like 
God is so faithful to do work in us. And so it was a powerful weekend full of worship, full of exaltation. Like people just really were hungry to just praise Jesus. And that's not something that we see everywhere that we go. And so it was really beautiful to to watch that and to see how God responded. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You, you know, we, when we go around to different churches, you know, every, every church has something, you know, beautiful and wonderful and a gift that the Lord has given that is, that is sort of like innate to the, to the group of people that he's gathered in, in every individual place. And I think I'll speak for myself, but I mean, I think that we were all really sort of touched by the desire for worship there. Um, it was just really stunning, really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. John, when one of the things I noticed, um, and you kind of, you kind of named this a little bit at one point uh, while we were there, but on Sunday morning, or maybe it was in a text afterwards, I don't know. But on Sunday morning, you know, I was really admired your leadership in that you were just pretty bold in the way that you led. You know, you have a diverse congregation, just to kind of paint the picture for people. You know, it's a fairly large church with kind of multiple congregations within a congregation, you know, really. And some really traditional folks, some really contemporary folks, and Hispanic uh, church that that's part of it and um which em and i had a really fun time just popping in there for a little bit too that was that was pretty amazing um but it was cool to watch you sort of lead coming off of that experience at the conference on sunday morning i wonder if you could just describe that a little bit and you know like i'm even thinking about like it's a traditional service after i preached you know, really sensing that the Lord wanted to have a response time. And then, you know, quite a few people came up to pray and respond. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was, it was cool to see you navigate that. How, how did, how did that go for you? Yeah, I think, um, I think that, that, that's, that morning for me was some of the most, um, spirit empowered time that I've had. I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty aggressive leader and will say hard things and I kind of enjoy the tension in the room, but that was, that was like, for me personally, it was as spirit led as I've ever been in, in worship leadership. Um, that as I was testifying to a second ago, like the Lord telling me stop and pray for this person this is why this person's coming forward for prayer. I mean, so that was pretty, that was pretty wild. And I, I just was like, I've never tried when I, I'm, I can't even get my thoughts together here. When I, when I'm leading on Sunday, some of it is so uh, pre-planned and programmed. Like this is when we do this and this and this and this, and it's hard to break out of the routine because we are of a large church. We have two different worship services in one room. We have time restraints. We have, a congregation that will let you know when you uh, go over an hour, right? Because they're late to lunch or whatever. I mean, and so all of those pressures and um, it, none of it mattered. And I was just, I've never, I've never thrown out the call sheet in my mind as much as I did Sunday, that Sunday afterwards. So that was pretty amazing. 
And I think the that y'all being here affords that opportunity, right? Like I, it's already a different thing. And so being able to say just to live in that and take advantage of it was helpful. Like whatever was going to happen was going to be different than the normal Sunday. And so I really wanted to take advantage of that. And, um, but yeah, I would say like the 11 o'clock traditional, like we've been doing an altar call or prayer time response time for weeks and weeks and nobody comes forward. Like it just doesn't matter what's happening. I mean, not no one, but uh, what we saw that weekend was incredible. One person in the room couldn't get thoughts out um, uh, like 10 days later without crying saying about how what he saw was such a spirit-led, what he calls a revival that he's ever seen in a traditional Methodist church. And so um, I think him just seeing that people were responding to God in the room was a pretty incredible thing. And um, I, I agree. And what's fascinating is we have that modern service and traditional service, and the testimonies were different, and um, they were unique. And the way people were talking, God was I think working on spirit, spiritual moms and dads in one service and God was working on some other things in another, another service. And so uh, it's pretty incredible, unique opportunity. Um, and I, and I think our worship leaders and pastors really felt empowered to see that what they've been working on or praying for God's beginning to, to, um, allow to grow here. And that was, that was on showcase that Sunday morning. Amen. Yeah, you know, one of the things that, you know, we feel like part of our ministry is we, we do get to kind of come in as an outsider and sort of break up some ground. And um, but I just want to affirm you in that that doesn't um, that doesn't really work without sort of without a, the leader locally being willing to sort of go all in on it and say, you know what? we're going to go for it. And like, we're going to try some new things and we're going to trust the Lord. And, um, so I just want to affirm you, John Wayne, I thought it was really beautiful. Like I thought just your, your leadership show, showed courage and boldness and, you know, the ground that was broken up, um, is not going to be in vain because of the way that you're continuing to lead the church, the things that you're doing, um, is going to continue to build on that, I think, in a really, you know, in a powerful way. So anyways, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just saying it was awesome to see, to see that. Well, and, and just to that point, like Sunday morning, this past Sunday, you know, a week later, uh, the response time of prayer was um, just as, I mean, people, people are hungry a week after and, and to paint the picture for those that are listening, I, you know, we have, we have a large church. We didn't have that many come to spirit and truth. I mean, like they were just unsure about what was happening and uh, I wanted them all to come. Right. But um, it didn't happen. And so, but the, the ones that did come along with those others from other churches, um, they're, they're contending for the presence of God had an impact even on those that weren't there. And I think that I'm seeing that in in a lot of ways, it, at least in testimony and encouragement to expect more. But even in some other ways, that it's hard for us to see. Where I mean, we have a we have a weekly prayer and worship meeting on Thursdays, and my largest kind of group, the largest turnout I've had was the week after Spirit and Truth. And not all of those people, actually, maybe only half of those that came were at Spirit and Truth weekend. So there's just a there's a movement. 
that's hard to explain and it's not we couldn't program it it's just positioning ourselves in in a certain place and god's god's answering those prayers in really neat ways you know that that is the way that uh these things happen and when we go in into churches you know this is a little bit of a different model because we you were hosting a conference so there was a number of folks from other churches that were coming there but when we come into a church like for one of our typical weekends that's you know specific to one location it's never it's never the the proportion of the congregation that most pastors would like you know it's like they're hoping like 90% of the church comes and that just doesn't happen people are you know kind of leery like oh, i don't know you know what is is this really for me and there's all these kind of you know feelings of fear trepidation but the ones that do come, you know what, and I think this is a principle within the church, you actually, you don't have to like, you don't have to reach every person. I mean, Jesus didn't reach every person, but there is a multiplication in the kingdom that happens when you have even just a few who are really bought in, you know, and and I think, you know, that's what you're describing in your own church. It's that God can do some really amazing things with even just, you know, a few handfuls of folks who are like really contending, really praying, really just seeking the face of God. And um, that can multiply pretty quickly in the lives of other people. You know, hungry people kind of like beget other hungry people, you know? Amen. That's a good word. I like that. Hungry people beget other hungry people. I often think that that happens because... That's such a church word too. Like that's exa- that's that's sort that's an exact phrase that I've just used in every, my everyday life. I don't even know why I said it like that, but whatever. <laughs> it <laughs> works though. It totally works. You even know what that means. Beget. Yeah. Like this one is begotten, not made. Okay. <laughs> just to go all the way down the church rabbit hole. Cool. But like I think I think um a theme, I sort of, sort of like a, an undercover theme in a lot of testimonies is, um, is for those sort of that second wave testimony, you know, people who weren't there, what they, what they are affected by is the hunger of the people around them. It exposes the absence of hunger in their lives. And you just sort of, you know, when you're not hungry, then you're not eating. And, I don't know that, I mean, could, could there be any more sort of invitation or, or scripture or thematic evidence for like, come and feast with the Lord, you know, I mean, um, he just wants us to come. So I, that's really awesome. And, uh, so one of the questions I have is, um, we talked about this briefly before we started, but just, so what do you, what is it like sort of maybe moving from where you guys were and now you're moving more towards a a spirit led or sort of seeking a presence based culture? Like, can you talk a little bit about what that's like, what's going on there? Yeah. I mean, that's the other kind of crazy thing is, you know, Matt's Matt, your talk was about one of your first points of your talk was about being presence based instead of program based. And what's crazy is God led our clergy six months ago to write a vision statement for the next 10 years that was 
the very first line is that we would be a presence-based church. Um, and so when you said that out loud, all of the clergy looked at each other like, what? Like, And I was like, I didn't get that from him. I didn't even come up with this. This came from the, the other pastors. So um, so first for us, it was naming it. Um, we're a big church that uh, if you're a big church, you, you do a lot of programming. I mean, just programming all the time and every creative strategic planning, blah, 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 is another program. And programs have done, that's a strong phrase, but they've done much, they haven't done much more than entertain people in our church. Um, and we just, we desire to help people to be in the presence of God. And I think that's what our calling is, as local church leaders. So we went, we named it first and it was helpful to hear that affirmed from other leaders too, that are sensing how important that is in the church. So it's one of our staff core values and we talk about it all the time. Um, we talk about it. I mean, it's just language we use. So when we do an Easter egg hunt, because we're going to, how are we teaching about the presence? How are we leading people into the presence of God in anything that we offer? So that's, that's a, that's, you know, the thread that's always running with staff. Um, but then it's that, you know, having a two hour prayer and worship meeting once a week in your church, one, it's humbling because some weeks you get like three people and they're all staff that show up to it. Right. And they're probably required to be there. And so it doesn't like, it doesn't uh, comfort the number grab that a lot of us can be after or be tempted to follow. Um, so it's it's inconvenient. It's slower ministry. It's against unconventional wisdom. It's against all the metrics of church growth. And so you got to be you got to be okay to to live in that world. And uh, I think we have the right team that one that's a, a a core value of who they are. And so it helps to have a team that has that as like a value for themselves. And then um, we're willing to sacrifice reputation and other things to to position ourselves to be that and to be a part of that. And so it means saying no to things we've done forever. It means not committing resources to those, you know, golden calf programs that we have or whatever it is. And um being able to kind of swim upstream in some different ways. And then it's on the micro level, how do we invite the Lord into um, pastoral counseling meetings and clergy meetings? I've challenged our lay leadership that if all you do is get together and talk about budgets, we're not living as a presence-based church. And so um, prayer is a part of like all of our gatherings. Um, and I think that's really important. Yeah, and then you got to do it. You can't just say it. You got to do it. So, anyways, it, that's what we're that's what we're trying to do. And then I'll say this one more thing. I'll be quiet. We have been very careful to identify those that God has already uh, equipped to be intercessors, and um, that walk with the Lord in that way to identify them in our congregation to invite them into a place of influence on us, but also in the church of being able to pray for different things. And um, I think that's been really important. Amen. Yeah, some, of the, some of the things you just said, I was like, well, you really do like to make friends, don't you? I. <laughs> yeah. The thought I had is like, well, he knew he'd have to put a church planner in that place. 
not, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome though. You know, I love that last point because one of the things I did see in the church, the Lord has brought people to that congregation who go deep with him, you know, and he has planted some of those people there. And even within the staff, you know, I think we talked about this a little bit. There's some kind of a strategic alignment that just in the sort of the providence of God, he has brought together strategic people, both in the church congregation and on the staff with this same kind of hunger. And, you know, I think it's really, um, it's something beautiful to see people who have been praying and longing for something, like getting to see with their own eyes, God answering those prayers. And I imagine within a church culture like that, which, you know, has done some really wonderful things and has got a rich heritage. There's some of those folks who probably feel like the things that they've been most passionate about have not been front and center. You know what I mean? And to see um, sort of in this sort of, you know, big successful church, those folks who've just been spending the time on their knees, sort of like helping to lead and create culture is... I don't know. There's just something really uh, Jesus-y about that to me. I don't know what the right way to say that is. You know what I mean? There's something really just beautiful about the way the kingdom, it's like the last shall be first kind of a thing. You know, people have just been, I just sense there's people who've been in the prayer closet for a long time and God's raising them up in new ways. They've been there, but he's kind of bringing them, he's bringing them forward more because of the kind of, new season and culture that you're trying to create there. Yeah. And I mean, it's, and I mean, it was, it was hard to, it's hard to identify some of those people because they are very humble and quiet and, um, and the church has kind of pushed them to the margins anyways, because they're different. Um, and so, but the Lord has been gracious to identify them and inviting them to lead in their giftings has been really, really important and so focusing on intercessory prayer and um, inviting people to um, have input on prayer and worship and even the spirit and truth conference inviting them in to say hey what's where's your heart what are you sensing from the lord about what god's going to do this weekend and then because of that we made decisions on who was going to serve on the prayer team and who was involved in different areas of the weekend. And I think that was really, uh, it was really a smart move on our team to, um, to just be listening to what God wanted to do through those who've been praying for something like this long before I ever got here. I've been here a year and a half. I mean, I wasn't thinking about Conroe. I wasn't praying for this church. Like these folks have been praying for this church for 10, 15, 25, 30 years, right? So yeah. Well, I I'm excited to release this podcast really just for other pastors to hear even just this last five minutes, to be honest. You know, because um there um are almost always those people in every church. They're always the people who are like, I pray. I pray for this body, you know, and, um, we need those people. So, um, well, John Wayne, this has been an awesome conversation and it's been such a blessing to hear the testimonies from your church and to hear your testimony. And just to also, 
um, I just want to say and an honor that you're you're really stewarding what the Lord is doing. You're being very faithful. Mm-hmm. And so thank you. Thank you all. Y'all, y'all are such a gift to our church. Um, the amount of emails, people naming <laughs> you, naming you by name, uh, just giving thanks to God for you and your leadership. Um, so grateful for for the by that you mean naming Emma by name. Oh, uh, most I mean <laughs> <laughs> Most of them were Emma, but they still y'all had a few in there, right? Oh my goodness. Emma, I got more emails about your prayer at eleven, that traditional service. My goodness. Um, none of them were bad. They were all okay, just very, good. The, any, anybody that you know, anybody that was offended, they they haven't emailed me yet. So don't worry about that. Um Praise no, but God. in in all honesty, I thank God for y'all. Grateful that God has called you to this ministry, and I'm grateful that we got to be a part of it. Amen. Mm. Amen. Well, we'll just have to have a separate podcast episode to talk about Emma's 11 o'clock service prayer at the end there, <laughs> which has been a topic of conversation since then. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Emma, you did what the Lord called you to do. That was, uh, don't, don't even second guess it. It was, I think my wife's listened to it about 10 times on the podcast. Oh, it was recorded. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. <laughs> It was like, I mean, you turned it up to a level 10 on that one. It yeah, awesome. for real. Yeah, well. Uh, you know, the funny thing is with that, that's kind of your fault, John Wayne, because <laughs> earlier in the service, I had talked to Emma and I said, I think I, I'm supposed to have you say something or pray or something. Just be ready. I said that to her early in the service. Then I kind of forgot about it and I wasn't thinking about it. And then you came up to me and you, you said, like, we were getting ready to wrap up the service. Is like, there anything else that you think we're supposed to do? And I said, no. And then as soon as you started to walk away, I thought, yes, there is. <laughs> and, then, and then Emma dropped a bomb. So. And then as soon as you said it, I was like, yep, that's exactly what we need to do. <laughs> um, had no, I mean, I had a little idea, but you can't prepare for that. That was incredible. Yeah. You know, uh, before we get off, I, I do... I, I hope this is okay because we've already talked about it. We've already talked about dates. So I think I want to just share some big news with folks if they're listening to this. Uh, we've already confirmed that we are going to have a conference again next year in 2025 at First Methodist Conroe, which is Woo-hoo! awesome. Yeah. Yay! All right. uh, we're excited. We're, we're working on um, plans for next year's conferences right now. And uh, really feeling like the Lord is leading us to continue this kind of regional conference model and just felt such connection with John Wayne and his his church. And they, they were gracious enough to to open up to us again. And so we're excited that 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 was just uh, that was just time number one. There's going to be more to come. So, hmm. yes, me too. Happy to happy to help you all with long range planning very quickly. That's great. It's <laughs> awesome. awesome. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, that has been our podcast for today. Thank you so much again to John Wayne McMahon, pastor at Conroe First Methodist. And um, you guys keep your eyes out for those dates as we release them for the Spirit and Truth Conference 2025 in Texas. So, um, and if you would like to attend the Spirit and Truth Conference, and you have not had the opportunity to do so, you have one more opportunity, April 19th and 20th. Is that right? 
Yeah, That's April right. 19th and 20th <laughs> in Dayton, Ohio at Stillwater Church. Head on over to our website, spiritandtruth.life slash conferences. You can register there and get all the information that you need. And Matt, I saw you wanted to say something. What do you want to say? No? No. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm just excited. <laughs> well, that's it, you guys. And we'll come back to you in the next conversation.